0: Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to our monthly Successful Trader of the Month webinar for December 2015. And uh, Successful Trader of the Month is a program that Sherry and I came up with to reward and honor those traders who've put in the work and, as a result, are doing awesome with trading. They received the prestigious Locking Your Success Successful Options Trader Hat and they receive an entry for a drawing to attend one of our free events. Uh, Successful Trader of the Month is also for you, the aspiring trader, because by having those successful traders share their experience with you, you'll gain insightful and useful uh, insight and become inspired by knowing that it can be done and that there are many different paths in which to do so. A trader can qualify for Successful Trader of the Month in several ways. First is to provide a trading plan and a recent trade that we'll evaluate. Second would be to uh, stand out by helping in the community. Uh, this might be through sharing useful information or providing guidance or providing encouragement. Third might be is if I notice someone who breaks through a significant barrier or, over, or overcomes a challenge. And fourth would be for creativeness. In other words, someone who's successfully adapted their trading to their unique um, personality whether it be through one of my styles or someone else's or even better maybe even something that came up on their own today I am speaking with Kevin Lee but before we get going I actually do need to quickly run over our disclaimer material and let you know that the presentation is given for educational purposes only Uh, we're not broker dealers or financial advisors and we're not making any specific trade recommendations also make sure that you're aware of all your risks prior placing any trades with options as they do carry significant risk. We may use hypothetical computer simulated trades. We may use live trades if we go over an example today. Uh, but keep in mind if, we, if, they, if they are uh, hypothetically uh, computer simulated trades that the results are believed to be as accurately represented as possible. And if they're live, I have not verified them myself personally. So just keep that in mind. So this month, we are talking again with Kevin Lee. Good morning, Kevin. Hi. Good morning, John. And it's and it's evening for you because you're way over there in Singapore, aren't you?
1: Yeah, that's right. It's uh, 10 p.m. now.
0: Oh, we're keeping him up late. That's uh, that's great. So, um, you know, Kevin, uh, I chose Kevin this month because I I think that you know he's been consistently uh, successful as a trader. For, Pretty long term. I mean, we've been talking for a while, right, Kevin? Um, I yeah. remember we first made contact quite a while ago, and um, and boy, this you know, outstanding progress and in, in following and improving his methodology. So that's why um, that's why Kevin was chosen.
1: I'm glad to be on, John.
0: Excellent. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to have you on. We appreciate that. So, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Actually, what I what you can do is you you've put together a slideshow, right?
1: Yeah, I've got uh, a Slack slack deck that I can uh, show.
0: Okay, great. So I'm Uh going to make you the presenter, and then you should be able to share your screen, and you can tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Right. Can you see my screen now?
0: Not quite yet. Yep, There it is. Yep.
1: Okay. Let me make this... All right, so that's me at a corner, and the, the picture you're seeing here is the skyline of Singapore. That is gorgeous. Yep, it's a, it's a nice, um, nice picture. So, John, yeah, we—I uh, think I know you since the um, uh, Sheridan days, and uh, I've been trading for almost uh, seven, eight years now. Uh, I'm now a full-time uh, investor trader. Um, I'm based in Singapore. But before I became a, a full-time investor trader, I spent about 25 years in the IT industry. I worked for various uh, US companies like uh, Intel and and Seagate and EMC. So um, I started learning options um, around the 07-08 uh, timeframe, right before the uh, financial crisis. Um, I went through uh, Different uh, learning schools and different methodology. Um, then um, I, you know, I went through lots of different um, techniques. Some were successful, some were not so successful. Later, I'll talk about that journey. I think that journey is quite useful for uh, uh, many others who want to take the same path. So now I'm uh, doing full time. Uh, managing my own money. I don't manage other people's money. It's a full-time job for me. Um, I manage uh, two types of portfolio. The first type is the, the first portfolio consists of high dividend stocks um, that generates consistent income. I think this, this is very critical for me because the second part which is option, I wasn't sure initially whether that can be consistent. So I I needed the first um, the first portfolio to ensure that even if I don't generate income from options for one or two years, I will have no uh, problem. So and then I carried on and currently I still manage this uh, two portfolio. Although I must say that uh, I'm now plowing money from the first portfolio into the second portfolio.
0: Okay. So just. Um... You know, uh, something I, I was thinking about is, so you spend a long time in the IT industry, and if you're in high-dividend stocks, you must have saved or collected a, a fairly large amount of money, and you've invested in, I don't know, what like mutual funds or something, or, or just your own? No, things like REITs,
1: uh, REITs as well as um, uh, high-dividend stocks. Okay.
0: Fantastic. And you, were, and you were taking the income from the dividends themselves?
1: Yeah. Okay. So I generate a nice um, stream of dividends, um, enough for me to, for, for basic uh, living expenses, um, so that even if I generate zero income from options for a year or two, I, I would be
0: okay. Right. Now how do you deal with, um, or, or did, you, did you not care? Like when the stock market goes down, of course you still get your dividends, right? So that's good.
1: Correct. Right. And uh, I don't really care about the daily, uh, daily movements. When I started, I, I, I watched that portfolio every day. I would know my, uh, n- n- uh, net liquidity, you know, um, every day. But now I realize that is that's bad. Um, mm-hmm. Now I stop looking at it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, but The good thing is that
1: I, I I bought into a lot of those stocks during the 08, uh, 09, 2010 time frame. So I've kept them for a long time and now they're generating very good uh, income for
0: me. That's fantastic. And that gave you some confidence that you could go out and um, I kind of like this because it's actually... You know, as you know, we do another website, financialfreedomclassroom.com, we talk about financial freedom. And, um, you know, one of the things that we like to see is people having multiple streams of income. So this is kind of like having multiple streams of income within the stock market, which is pretty cool. Correct. And and also, if we are under stress to uh, to
1: generate income every month or every, you know, three three to six months from options, I think that will impact performance
0: that is an excellent point right yeah yeah the the the, the, the uh, from a psychological standpoint the need to have that money can really um i guess it would make you over trade wouldn't
1: it exactly or to do stupid things
0: <laughs> nice point
1: yep excellent <laughs> so after i've uh, started on this journey i became i I, you know, I started learning since 0, 0, 07, 08. then, and, and then I became um, confident enough that I took the plunge in 2013. I became full time, and ever since that, I love it. That was the the best career decision in my life, I think, and I love it because you know this is the only job, the only business that I know of that there is no boss, no customers, no supplier, no. Unwanted meetings, no unnecessary business travels, no corporate politics, and most important of all, nobody can retrench me. I have complete uh, control over my own destiny. So that, that's yeah. that's what I, I I I really love. And then uh, in instead, I get to you know I have complete freedom to do things that I love, things that I'm very passionate about. And and uh, after learning options, you know, um, this is like. Um, um, I, I was completely uh, passionate about it. In the uh, days during uh, the learning period, um, I, I disliked weekends because the the market w- uh, weren't open. <laughs> so, and 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 uh, um, I actually uh, continued to trade using on demand with toss. So that was how crazy I was uh, at that point in time. I was completely passionate about it. And, um, and a good thing about being a full-time trader is really that uh, I end up spending a lot more time with my family. When I was working in the IT industry, I consistently travel. I don't get to see my kids now, uh, now I do a lot and and um, it's also a surprise to me that it is actually quite intellectually satisfying there's a there's so much depth in um, in options trading that I, I get to learn the more I learn the more I realize I uh, I uh, uh, the amount of things that I, I need to learn and obviously it's financially rewarding and um, and thanks to you John I think you made um, you played a critical role in for me to transition from being you um, Uh, non-consistent to consistently financially um, 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 successful and and a lot of people ask me that isn't it very stressful to to be a trader and my answer to them is absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely it is much less stressful than working for a large corporate I think. And most right. important of all, it's, uh, it's the most healthy lifestyle I've ever had. Now I have a lot, I spend a lot of time playing sports and, and exercising.
0: So that's, that's fantastic. You know, one of the things that actually is, I mean, I see it as a benefit, but a lot of people see it as liability is, is you're overseas. And I mean, you kind of have to trade in the middle of the night. But that what that means is you're not watching the market. I think a lot of the people... In, um, in the US, they get completely stressed out because they sit there in front of their computer all day watching their profit and loss. Um, yeah, that's very true. Um,
1: in my initial days learning to trade, I actually uh, tr- uh, learned day trading. Uh, I day traded uh, the SMP e-mini futures. Oh, that was stressful. I had to <laughs> glue my eyes to the screen. And if I were to go
0: to the bathroom, I have to close my position. Yeah, right, right. I have some people who have—they have actually have bottles they sit with them at their bench, which is—I know it's a bad image, but <laughs> this goes to show you how, how stressful it really is.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I decided not to do that, and and luckily I found options, and um, and now trading is uh, much more uh, much more
0: enjoyable. That's fantastic, and since you since you do it at night, you basically have all day where you completely can can completely chill out and, and uh, spend time with doing what you want to do. So it's awesome.
1: Right, and and John, um, initially when we we were learning um, the the strategy that we did at that time, we because of the high gamma, we had to watch it um, uh, full day. And you know, ever since that, um, I, I learned from you doing M3 and the lower gamma trade. Um, I only had to look at it um, an hour or two a day, and sometimes I even spend like 15 minutes before I just turn off my computer. Uh, so I think that is extremely important for people who who have a a a time difference uh, with the U.S.
0: Right. That's actually that, excellent advice. Excellent advice. Yep. I think that's actually excellent advice for people who are actually in the U.S. too. <laughs> by the way.
1: Yeah, that's that. That's true. Uh, we were we were we were chatting just the other day, John. That uh, uh, Netflix is a good thing. <laughs> I was watching that day when the when the market came down forty points and then completely
0: rebounded.
1: If I didn't, I, I wasn't watching Netflix. I would have uh, done something. <laughs>
0: Right, it was worth that ten dollars a month for the Netflix, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So um, let me talk a bit about about my learn learning journey. I and and I, as I look back into the past eight years, I see three distinct phases. The first phase is when I just started um, to learn about the basics of um, of of options. What is put? What is called? And then and then I progressed into mentoring uh, program and I got to learn about um, trading plan etc etc so I gained competency in options trading very fast during this this period of time um, I at a point uh, uh, during those days where I traded four to five strategies simultaneously uh, low prop condor high prop condor butterfly triple butterfly calendar everything that you can think of monthly weeklies so I tried it it was um, uh, part of it is to to learn and part of it at that time my thinking was diversification then I realized that Having four or five strategies at different timing actually weren't diversification. It it actually meant that at any point in time, I, something will be in
0: trouble. Uh, so, yeah, that, that too, Kevin, right? But another thing, I that I noticed too when I I mean, I think everybody has to go through this where they trade four or five strategies simultaneously, and they're and they're they're learning right because they're trying to figure out what they want to do as a trader. But I think you know when the market crashes, all the strategies go.
1: Yep. exactly exactly and all kinds of mistakes will come in i've you know put become call call become put and uh you uh, close different uh, uh, close a position in in a different month and et cetera et cetera so i've i've been through that uh but it was it was really good learning i I traded very small at that time uh, probably about five to ten thousand dollars per per position so four or five strategies only I mean, up about fifty thousand dollars. So I spent a couple of years doing that. Uh, it was really good learning. But then uh, after a while, I kind of like hit a wall. It's like, okay, I've been doing this. Uh, I know how to be profitable, but I'm not consistently profitable. I, I could make money a month, two months, three months, and then I would have a big loss. Um, I continuously uh, try to look for the next best strategy or next better strategy so I, I i you know i i joined forum i buy programs i you know i i hire mentors i i you know everything that you can think of i i tried it and then um i were wa- uh, i wasn't making much progress until i realized something that in order to move from this first phase to the second phase actually i need to do less rather than doing more which is what i i realized i had to um, focus. I, I need to instead of trade four to five strategies simultaneously and continuously try to look for the next better strategy, it is much better that I focus on trading one or two and one or two in one or two underlying. Get really, really comfortable and really, really um, uh, knowledgeable about everything regarding this particular trade. So in the beginning, I was, you know, uh, if you look at my trading desk, you will see two or three monitors. And then I would have, you know, two or three dozen different indicators and um, charts uh, that is open. So I was always looking for the, the right timing to get in, right timing to get out. There will be pivot points. There will be uh, uh, MACD. You have stuff like that that I'm looking at. What I realized is that all those complexity doesn't, actually helped me. It, it made yeah. it worse. Uh, it means that decision becomes much more complicated and, and and a lot of times when market moves really fast that caused a lot of anxiety, anxiety and that caused performance problems. So it, as I move from phase one to phase two, the, the uh, the action that I took really is to simplify. Simplicity, simplicity actually increased my performance. Then, um, so I cut away most of the strategies and focused on trading just two things. One was the um, the weirdo that uh, mm-hmm. that I learned from Dan Harvey and and the mm-hmm. M3 that I learned from you, John.
0: Nice. And
1: that drove. That make a huge difference. That actually turned around my entire um, trading um, uh, performance.
0: That's so. fantastic, and they're, and they're both very similar trades when it comes to T plus zero line profiles. So, um, and, and and they right, yeah, they're very nice reacting and stuff. So that's awesome. Right then, I started to to
1: see consistent results and. Um, uh, and 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 like like I mentioned just now, uh, because of the time difference, this uh, low gamma trade really helped helped me out. Instead of having to glue my eyes to the computer before the market starts to the end, um, I now can only uh, I I can afford to just look at it uh, for one or two hours a day. I think that that was really really important.
0: Yeah, then especially since um nighttime. The <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah ex- I, 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 exactly um before uh before i transition to this phase i uh you know i would start about 8 p.m my time which is uh which is 7 uh, a.m your time mm-hmm. preparing uh, uh going through all the news that i can i can find uh watch you know uh, if there is any cre- uh, key key announcements i would be uh, watching you know, those uh, um, unemployment data, and any Fed announcements, and all those, I would be on top of it. Now, I don't care. <laughs> I, I realize that even if I know there's nothing I can do, or,
0: and if I take action in the first 30 minutes,
1: um, I will get killed anyway.
0: Right. Yeah, it's it's really interesting, and and it's it's funny how sometimes traders or or we kind of trick ourselves or lie to ourselves into thinking that we know what the market's going to do because certain news is coming out. Um, There's a lot smarter people than than us that have a lot more information than we have that are that are already uh, pushing the market one way or the other, depending on what the most likely thing's going to happen. So it's really all i mean, really—the best thing you can do is just just see what happens and, and uh, deal with it. Is this control panel blocking your view? It is not. We it cannot not. see it at okay.
1: all. Okay, so oh, you cannot see it. all. Okay, all right. So I can move it to the side. All right, then um, then as I. Um, as I gain competence and, uh, and, and, and gain consistent results, then I realized that uh, in order to, for me to uh, go to the next step, the next level, um, I need to start looking at our, uh, our, my trade differently. A lot of us who started uh, trading uh, with a plan, we follow the plan as it is written. Uh, when you get to 50 delta, do this, 100 delta, do that. Uh, when you see a delta-theta ratio, hit this, do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times that is very comfortable, that's very easy. And especially when it drives consistent results, sometimes um, complacency was will, will set in and then we'll get into a, uh, a steady state where we don't want to change that's a, that becomes a comfort zone especially for the past two years John um, it has been so easy uh, mm. we didn't really have to do much and you know we end up with 50 60 percent annual return so I think that is a bit uh, dangerous in my in my opinion that uh, if we were to just follow a uh, almost like a not a black box but a grey box type of uh, trading you you know something about it but you don't really know a lot about it Um, what if the market change that that trading um, plan may not work anymore so I decided that uh, in order to uh, lift myself up to the next level I really need to dissect the trade really ask the question of why why, when I see certain condition, I need to do certain actions and, and I push myself to, to do the research to understand are there better ways to do it when what are the trade-offs when we were to make any decision. So I start to look at butterflies, not as butterflies, but instead of two spreads. And then when I start, start to look at it that way, uh, things make a lot more sense. Um, the decision of, for making adjustments uh, make so much more sense then. So my, my goal in, in this phase which which is where I'm at right now is really to be able to internalize things that um, I learned, things that um, I'm trading so that in the future I can own the trade and uh, uh, maybe even be able to create my own own uh, own trade. That will be a, a goal that I set for myself, and um, and I think uh, at this point in time, we know the mechanics of the trading. We can be successful. We can be consistent, but our subconscious mind is still uh, the the next most important thing to uh, to be trained. I don't think I'm there yet. Uh, sometimes. I still keep myself that i'm not uh, stre- uh, stressed out, but when the market moves fast and I see my uh, losses accumulate, um, my subconscious mind are still is still jumping out at me so those are the areas which I think uh, is my uh, uh, my focus
0: that that is fantastic and i and I think your comment about dissecting the trade and stuff like that. Is, is really good, and, and, I, and I mean that in the manner that I think when we start trading, we look for this set of rules that is going to work everywhere, every time, no matter what, and it's going to work spectacular every time. And they simply don't exist. I mean, the reality is in the options market is we have um, – when the conditions are different they simply price the options differently so the same position with the same delta numbers and the same this or the same that is not going to react the same sometimes the market's trending sometimes it's trending up sometimes it's trending down sometimes it's sideways those are all different market conditions and you know the kind of the principle behind the M3 trade in general is to give you a, a a structure or a framework that's going to work okay in just about anything and, but it doesn't really excel in any one thing either necessarily. Um, but there you know, there are times when the M3 trade is going to be break-even, 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 or, or loss, win-loss. Um, but the idea is that you stay in the market without getting killed, and then you learn how to deal with the market environment changes. And I think that's extremely important when you go out on your own. Because if you still have your job and stuff and your trade stops working, not a big deal you know you you stop trading maybe you go looking for something else that works but I think you know when you when you come out and you say I'm going to depend on this now for income and um, you know like you were saying Kevin and, and I think a you know a, a big help to you was that you had some dividend income coming in is that hey if the trade doesn't win it's not a big deal and the reality is even if you go out full-time and that's the only thing you're trading you still have to have that attitude the trade doesn't win, hey, that happens sometimes, it's not a big deal, and then have the knowledge to come in and say, well, these are the market conditions, this is why my trade lost, what can I do in these market conditions to make sure that that doesn't happen again? And you can make your, your minor modifications, and you can continue to trade and make money. Does that sound just make sense? Yep, absolutely, 100%. Awesome. 100%. Yeah, I yep. think that's an important point.
1: Yep, so then as I was thinking about it, and uh, there are things that I, uh, over the, f- uh, the past few years, I learned I, uh, that is useful. I'm going to do more. There are things that I uh, stop doing and make sure that uh, it will not um, resurface. So things that I want to do more is really to plan what I do and then do what I plan. I think that that is really, really critical. And, and John, I think you took it to the next level by making sure that our plan is well uh, backed tested and we back test our trade at um, at 3.30 in the back trader, make sure that we, we trade at 3.30 and for me it is is about 1 to 2 o'clock. So I think that is is really, really critical that uh, we want consistency, we have to do things consistently. And um, uh, just now we talk about understanding the why instead of just following um, rules. And Also, be data-driven and I realize that you know in the world of uh, trading, there's so much misinformation out there, um, it's really easy to get lost and the and way to ensure that we are going in the right path is to be data-driven. Anything that we look at a trade plan or strategy or, or somebody told us something about a a market pattern for example um, I now insist that I look at the data if there's no evidence to support it I will just junk it um, learning unlearning learning and and then unlearning again I think that is a repeated uh, process it will it will continue I think that is really really critical as the market moves and change whatever that we 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 learned before and proved to be successful might not be successful anymore in the future. And just now you said um, John about um, uh, losses. I think this is this is the big one. Um, the ability to embrace losses. I think that one uh, we still struggle. Despite the fact that um, we have been trading for so many years, the feeling of losses is something that everybody is fearful of, and and it doesn't feel good. But it is it is important that uh, we are able to to understand that that is part of um, part of the game. Right. Things that. I wanted to stop doing, and uh, I got a whole bunch of them. That I just list down those that are that that is important. Stop watching CNBC. I think that one is very important to me, especially before market opens, because there's so there were so many instances whereby I I heard somebody on CNBC or Bloomberg or whatever said something, and then it changed my it changed my perspective of the market. Instead of making an adjustment, I stopped making it or. Uh, when I'm not supposed to make an adjustment, I would make an adjustment.
0: Right. And you know what I
1: told myself?
0: <laughs> Unconsciously, yeah, and, and you were just talking about the unconscious earlier. Unconsciously, and, and there's, this is scientifically proving that there's this thing called priming, and when you prime someone with certain things, it automatically shifts the way that they think. And watching CNBC, I mean, even in, if you say to yourself, well, I'm not going to let this influence me, the reality is that it actually primes your unconscious. and. Uh, and it's yep. almost, it's gonna bias you. Yep. So the best way is to stop watching, <laughs> especially right before
1: the market opens. Right. Uh, so I have to stop uh, watching my PNL. Um, you know, constantly. That has an impact on performance because it will uh, it will cause me to do things that I'm not supposed to do uh avoiding losses here uh, just now we we're talking about embracing uh, uh embracing losses that is that is a mentality avoiding losses is an action there are a lot of times when uh we we change our our, um, our my trading plan just because i wanted to
0: avoid losses and then things get worse yeah yeah, I was talking to somebody this morning, or actually yesterday, I think Kevin, and um, he was kind of in an M three trade, and he was near his loss level, and he well, yeah, he wasn't that close, but he was kind of near, and, he's, and he just wanted to keep flattening it out to avoid further loss. And I'm, I said, look, I mean, if you if you if you're always trading completely flat with a T plus zero line, and you're drawn down, you're not giving yourself a chance to win. Yep. Right.
1: Exactly. You're just taking away yep, that chance.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Excellent. And and
1: then uh, and and I wanted to stop predicting market direction. I tried it. <laughs> I, I'm not good at it. Somebody, some other people are. Uh, so I just want to make sure that I uh, it, it it doesn't uh, impact me anymore. And also stop looking for the perfect trade. It doesn't exist. So I I think these are the the, the important key learning. Uh, I, I think the hard part is, uh, am I able to continue to practice? Right. So uh, I would say the key success factor uh, for me is really passion and hard work because that is that that underlines everything else. Uh, we will get into rough patches. We will get into difficult periods. We will have to spend the ten thousand hours. It's really a lot of hard work. If we do not have the passion that uh, that underlines all this, we will give up. Um, and you know um, where well, I've got many friends who uh, in Singapore who wanted to do the same thing that I'm doing right now and I'm giving free uh, coaching to them, Um, the success rate is actually very low. Uh, People wanted the uh, the lifestyle but they didn't want to put in the hard work and neither did they have the passion so uh, most of them would just uh, give up after, some give up a few months, some give up in a year or so.
0: You know what that tells me, Kevin, is that, is that the path is there, and it, you can, I mean, in other words, the, the mechanics are there, the coaching's there, everything's there to do it, but um, the reality is there's only a small percentage of people who are actually willing to put in the right type of work in order to make it happen. Does that sound right? Yeah, exactly.
1: And it, it, when I just joined this industry, I just joined trading, people told me that it, it, this can't be real. If uh, if it is if if trading can make consistent money nobody will be uh, needs to work i didn't know how to answer that now i do uh then the answer is that is it's not easy it is a lot of hard work
0: <laughs> right it, it it's as i say it's simple but it's not easy
1: <laughs> absolutely it is like it is no different from training to be a an engineer or doctor or plumber or pianist or whatever you need to put in the 10,000 hours to be successful. So I think having the passion uh, for it is really, really critical. Indeed. Yeah, agreed. Yep. And um, then with the passion, uh, we need to continuously uh, have this mindset of of improvement. It's a constant and never-ending improvement that makes the difference. Uh, being good is the enemy of being great and it came from this book and I, and I really like that phrase. Um, we, it's, it's very easy for us to get into a performance plateau uh, once we have the first level of competence uh, but if we do not put in the constant and never-ending improvement into our trade, uh, what might work today w- might not work in the future. Mm. And, therefore, it's so important that I think I need to continuously uh, continuously sharpening my my saw so that whatever the market throws at me in the future, I have the right mindset uh, and uh, and the ability to to handle it.
0: That's fantastic. And that is a great book, too. I suggest you guys pick it up if you haven't read it yet. Yep.
1: So I think that, that kind of like summarized my, uh, my journey. I, I hope this is, this is useful for those who like to embark on the same, same journey.
0: I, I think so. it's fantastic. Yeah, it, it's, it's got all, you have all this, the, the principles down and the right things to do and just follow that path. And I think you've, lot, you've laid them out perfectly here um, as to what your journey is. And um, boy, that was that was great. I hope uh, I hope you guys actually watch this a couple times and and just think about the concepts that you know Kevin was talking about um, of you know not watching your p and of, of uh, you know the work that needs to be done and continue, continually improving your um, your trade planning your trade out ahead of time following your plan stuff like that I think, think all that's just very powerful. Yep. So now I can talk a bit about my uh, my trade. Uh,
1: um, Now I I've uh, simplified all my trading into one big trade. It is kind of like a modified M3. Um, I don't follow the um, M3 guideline um, um, strictly, but the the principle behind is M3. Um, I've um, and I've scaled up quite significantly over the past two years. Today I'm trading uh, on average uh, 150 to 200 lots of butterflies. I've got a plant capital of uh, $500,000. Um, so just now we talk about uh, trading time. It is uh, 1 to 3 a.m. in Singapore which is uh, depending on whether it's winter or, or uh, summer, it's uh, uh, between noon to 2 o'clock or 1 to 3 p.m. In the U.S., um, it is difficult. However, uh, I've already adjusted my body clock, so I'm I've no issue with that right now. I enter uh, around forty plus to fifty days, depending on availability of funds from the previous month. What what I do is that since I don't I, I can't watch the market so so closely, um, I can um, I I cannot trade. Um, uh, too close to the to expiration therefore I would usually exit by uh, 14 DTE um, the absolute cutoff is 10 DTE I seldom do it sometimes I do but even if I ex- ex- exceed the 14 DTE I would have a very small position mm-hmm. so um, I've got a profit target of about 10 percent which is $50,000 a month average profit of around six average profit around 6% is actual uh, or about 40 to 60% per year. Nice. And my uh, adjustment, uh, I've actually simplified it quite a lot as well. I look at delta, projected P&L, and delta theta ratio, but I think the more important to me is the projected p and um, I want to make sure that if the market moves ten, uh, 20 to 30 points uh, above or below the market I will not lose more than half of my target profit if it, if I if, if that if I will then I will make an adjustment uh, uh, regardless of uh, the other two um, uh, uh, conditions obviously I also look at um, other Greeks look at the Vega and um, theta all that I do the uh, as that will be part of my uh, my fire drill, uh, but I think uh, I make use of the projected PNL method more than
0: uh, the others. I think that's actually uh, more important, and, um, you know, we use delta numbers in the M3 program because that's pretty much what everybody's used to using. But um, I think, yeah, to do a projected profit and loss, depending on your T plus zero line or what, or, and not just what the I think you know I, I'm assuming you probably do this Kevin I don't know but when you look at a T plus zero line you have to determine if that T plus zero line is actually going to hold that, that form or not exactly. when the market moves up right? so you kind of have exactly. to make a you have to get, get in your head and, and make this sort of a prediction and it's not always correct but, um, but if you start to really learn what your T plus zero line what does you can kind of project what it's going to do when certain market movements happen and you can take that into account um yeah. That is
1: very, very important, uh, John and and that leads me to uh my uh, my realization that um um the volatility skew actually plays a a big role uh in determining the, the T plus zero line. In the past while we were I was looking at Greeks like you know, like science, like physics physics. <laughs> and I realized that it's not like physics. <laughs>
0: I, I, th- I think, especially for engineers or people in the IT field, like you were. I mean, yeah, they, they want they want to see their model, and they want it to be an absolute. And models are very far from absolute.
1: <laughs> yep, it is. It is very far. So, and I realized that a lot of things that I learned in the beginning of my career uh, weren't correct uh uh when it comes to volatility you know like like for example we had this debate about uh whether a calendar is a is is a, is a positive vega or negative vega trade um you know it can, it can show positive vega in greeks but it is it might be negative vega if you con, uh, if if you take into consideration the difference in iv movement between the front month and the back month right so th- things like that uh plays a big role so leads me to the to my next point so I start to put together tools that I use um, um, on a daily basis uh, to help me with my trade D- during my fire drill it, it, one of one of the issue that I had in the past was how do I determine whether um, a butterfly is a good uh, uh, the, the, the butterfly mid price is a good price or not and you helped me a lot uh, John so what I what I did is uh, I I um i downloaded those uh, uh, this kind of information from toss in the past and now I realized that I could do that f- uh, directly from from oV so I download it on a daily basis and what you see here is a' is a table of the butterfly prizes these are uh this one two three is every day different days um, what I've Listed here is like for example this fifteen point one five. This is the butterfly price of a 50-point white butterfly with a center strike of one one two zero and this one would be the 1110. Uh, one zero so we then at one glance I know how the at the money butterfly price change over time right um, and then if I were to uh, if I want to put in, let's say, a uh, bearish butterfly 20 points below the market, then I would just look at this one, and this one, and this one, and this one. Then I just move
0: that way. And notice and notice okay. the price changes, because your butterfly is supposed to be, and from a Greek standpoint, it's supposed to be positive theta, right? And it's supposed to have all these Greeks, but you'll notice that the price change doesn't necessarily follow that model. Yep, exactly. All right. So, Another thing too and, and is then I... Look at the 31st, look at the 31st the price gain from an at the money butterfly yeah I'm sorry Kevin I don't mean to be I just think this is this is no, a no, really no, cool ahead. spreadsheet that you made um, it's, it went from 1115 to 1275 all the way up to about 1385 right so you had a yep. really large price increase and once you I'm sure if you do this every day you can see it but you, you got a very large price increase in a short period of time and then you can see the collapse of the price of the price right after that. So it kind of helps you determine when is a good value time, I think, right? Yep, exactly. And uh,
1: I, I put this on, on top. The, this asset change means what is the uh, uh, RUT uh, change for that day? Uh, like this is uh, uh, RUT went up, RUT went up 8.3 points, and this day it dropped 7.7 points. And this, is, this this line is the RUT uh, uh, price right. and uh, days to expiration. So at one glance, I get to see uh, this is really very helpful. And I have another version uh, that is every 30 minutes for the previous day. So I look at the, this is a daily movement, and then I have a half-hourly movement. With these two, I basically know what is a reasonable price for uh, for butterflies today, unless the market
0: moves significantly. Right. Yeah, you know, I, I, got, I used to equate this as buying a used car because I, I used to have a used car um, dealership. And if you go out and you, and you just look at randomly at a used car and say, and it's tagged with uh, you know, $18,000, you have no idea if that's a competitive price or not, right? You need to do some research and, and have an idea of what these things are going for. So this is a, this is a great, great tool you put together. Then um, I also plot
1: um, the yellow, uh, the the orange line is a put butterfly, and uh, blue is call call butterfly. And then these are different days, 60 days to expiration, 59 days to expiration, etc. And this is the, um, uh, the change of rut for that day. You notice over here, uh, the put butterfly is quite significantly cheaper than the call butterfly. Whereas here, they are kind of like bunched up together. So this one gives me a, 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 a visual uh, uh, understanding of how the 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 two different butterflies pricing are behaving. Um, when we are at this this few days, the put butterfly is significantly cheaper than call. And if we try to buy a Put butterfly here, you will never get filled. Mm. Um, so, um, uh, a lot of times, the 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 price that can be filled will be in between. But at other times, both of these prices are wrong, uh, though, uh, and 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 they are wrong relative to what I can see in the previous few days. So, w- with a combination of these two, it Actually helped me quite a lot in uh, in pricing butterflies and for that matter any any type of uh, spreads. I could turn this chart to to, to be the price of a broken wing butterfly, for example.
0: Right. Nice. Yeah, that, that's that's a nice um, that's a nice thing you've done there. Then there is another thing
1: that I look at on a daily basis, and that. That would be the uh, the volatility skew. So this is uh, this is an example of a volatility skew. The red dot is where the ATM is when the, when this uh, data is taken. Uh, so we can see that when uh, when the market moved up from this uh, orange line to the blue line, um, the volatility dropped. But the volatility drop of Strikes at at the higher strikes is significantly more than the drop in the lower strikes, so that I I believe caused the usually caused the uh, significant um, uh, slope in the T plus zero line as the market moves up and and um, um, the IV drops.
0: Right. Yeah, you get that drop in the T plus zero line. Yeah, is that what you're referring to?
1: Yep yep yeah. that's right so and and I realized that if we were to um leave our uh, right butterfly leg over uh to the higher strikes it will suffer a crush mm-hmm. therefore um it became my 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 habit right now that as the market rebound uh like right now i would tend to um uh, bring the um, um the right leg of the butterfly closer to the um, um uh to the short strike. Right,
0: that's assuming you're deep inside your tent, right?
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Cool. So, these are examples of things that I um I use when I do my uh, pre-market prep. So, I hope this is uh useful.
0: I think that's fantastic what you put together, Kevin. That's that was that's great work there. Yep.
1: Uh well, that's all in terms of uh Uh, material for uh, uh, anything else that you would like me to talk about? you want me to show trade, or or do we even have time Uh, for that?
0: Let's see. Well, it's it's quarter of. I I think we have time. If it's not a really huge trade, I think people would like to actually see what you do. Um, I know I would.
1: Sure. Okay. Let me see. I'm going to get out of here.
0: Unless there's any questions that pop up, but I don't see anything at this point. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Let me see what we have for questions. I haven't been looking at it. Um, oh, nothing. Just just good comments for you, Kevin.
1: <laughs> okay, all right. Thanks. All right, I've got um, uh, two trades here. I can go over uh, quite uh, quickly. Um, I can start with a easy trade. This is the one that uh, uh, for for December. Uh, December 2015 ex- expiration, I entered. This is my first tranche and I, as I've explained, I took money out of my November and put it into December. So this is my first tranche. Uh, after a few days, I have more money, I put in the second tranche. So it looks like this, uh, uh, no big deal. And then nothing so you're, happened.
0: So you're, just uh, just so people understand, so you're actually Scaling into your entries with your m3 you're doing one m3 then you're adding another m3 later on is that what you're doing? Yeah, exactly exactly, but I'm not
1: doing it to to time the market or to you know because I uh, you know I have a certain market expectation It is purely because I have additional money coming from November. Oh, okay Very good. Yeah, so so I I know somebody some other people do it like they will put in one tranche and then wait for three days and put in a second tranche. Uh, I don't do it that way.
0: Okay. So it was just, it was just a uh, purely you had another trade open. You weren't fully uh, invested yet. Yeah, because uh, my trades are overlapping. Right. Uh, and this is, is this a live yeah. trade, Kevin?
1: Yeah, this is a live trade. Okay. This is great. my actual December trade. Fantastic. We just wanted to clarify that for everybody.
0: Great. Yep.
1: And then nothing happened to the 12th, um, uh, rod has been going back and forth, it's great, you know, P&L rise, uh, uh, rise a bit. I I did move the uh, 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 some of the strikes, but no major movement here.
0: Right, it looks like you moved maybe some of your short strikes to a lower price level and maybe some of your yeah. long strikes down too. Yep, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, following the uh, um, the market movement. And then um, on the 13th, that's when uh, the market uh, uh, moved down. This is when I start to uh, plow in more money. And this this month, I actually uh, under-traded. Usually, I trade about 150 to 200 butterflies. But this one, I'm only up to 130 butterflies. I was traveling that month, so I didn't want to put on too much. But as as market moved down, this is something that I learned from you, John, that uh, I could put in the uh, uh, butterfly behind to cut delta first and then figure out what to do with the butterfly on top. I think that is a, a really good technique. So I, I, I cut it down and then uh, actually this was the 13th and nothing happened in between 13 to the 20th. Uh, market was just going back and forth and then I uh, pick up. A nice gain of eighteen thousand right now. My uh, target profit was fifty thousand. I'm still um, about uh, less than half of it. Now my delta is becoming uh, too negative. Uh, with uh, a hundred over butterflies, I'm basically looking at 7,800 um, uh, hundred, uh, seven eight hundred uh, negative delta before I would make
0: an adjustment. Right. So
1: here is an adjustment point. And you're also so looking what at the P
0: plus zero line profile and how much you're losing with a with a move, right? Correct. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that would. This would be a great example if it moves uh, 20 points up. Uh, although this thing may rise a bit, but then I will be losing too much. So that's what what I did is I pull back some of the uh, the long strikes closer, and push some of the short strike up, so that I can create a more Uh, a smoother t plus zero. Bringing the uh, long strike down um, uh, will incur negative theta, so this moving the uh, short strike up will compensate. It will give me back some uh, theta so that when I, um, at the net result of this is that I still have a healthy theta and a reasonable delta.
0: Right. I'm, I'm often asked, do I do one or the other? And, and this is a good example of, well, you can do both.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. As um, uh, Usually, if, my, if I have a lot of theta, then I will pull in my long strike. If I'm short of theta, if I do not have enough theta, or I have a positive vega, then I would have to move the short strike up. So usually that would be my uh, my my thinking process. Cool. So after that uh, after the adjustment, so this is the adjustment. After the adjustment, this is the the result. So this is the twentieth. Three more days. Uh, the T plus zero line, the blue line, starts to sag again. Uh, uh, delta before the adjustment was like. 800 I think. Then um, it starts to be ugly on the upside. Uh, then I decided to pull back some more uh, of the long strike. And and the reason of pulling this back instead of pushing the uh, short strike up is that my theta is very healthy. I've got a lot of theta, so I can manage, I, I can afford to pull back the long strike instead. And again, I create a, a nice looking T plus zero line. Nice. So, with that, um, uh, that's twenty third, and then from twenty third to the tw- to the second of December, uh, nothing much happened. Until now, I've got like eight hundred uh, negative delta again. My uh, my PNL is looking quite good. Um, half of my target profit, and then uh, um, uh, uh, the other. Uh, The other Greeks are still uh, relatively okay, but I need to do a minor adjustment here to fix the uh, upside risk. So that's what I decided to do to push uh, some of the uh, short strike up. uh, By pushing this up, I increase my theta Mm. while I decrease my delta. So it it becomes a a nice-looking spread again, Uh, sorry, a nice-looking line again. So this is the second of uh, of December, and after that, there's nothing much happen and until the fourth. I'm already at forty uh, forty 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 plus thousand uh, in profit, and since this month I under traded, it's only. Um, 120 uh, butterflies so actually it has exceeded my uh target profit so i took it out i took everything out for a uh, 41000 plus profit
0: that's nice now do you watch your you know that butterfly pricing thing do you watch that during this time too to determine maybe uh, hey i'm a, i'm a, i'm at a day when the butterflies are really good value right now they're really high price maybe it's a good time to exit I don't know if you ever do that.
1: Absolutely. And, and, and this is that day. This day is is strange. Uh, I, my, my P&L went from like $32,000 or $30,000 in the beginning of the day to $42,000 uh, when I exit. It, right. it, it just collapsed.
0: That's beautiful. I think a lot of people they they see the forty-two thousand dollars and they say, "Oh wow, well, the trade's doing really, really well." I went from thirty-two thousand to forty-two thousand today. I think I'm going to stay in it. Um, yeah. The next <laughs> day you'll be gone. A thirty-two and it's moved forty points or something, right? Exactly. And and uh, this this is a strange
1: day. I, uh, I, uh, I I remember this day because it was. I was talking to my wife. I said, um, um, it, "It was a gift from the market maker."
0: Exactly. Right. And you take the gift when you get it. <laughs> yep. So so
1: th- this is a this is an, an example of an easy trade. Then I have an example of a harder trade, which is my current trade, which is the February expiration. Um, I started uh, uh, 29th of December. I was expecting I have a couple a of rally. questions,
0: Kevin, if you don't mind. Sure. Go would ahead. You say, would you stay in closer than 14 days to expiration if your profit was lower?
1: uh it depends on uh on the position uh, do I have a good position to to stay in uh if I'm at the center of of the butterfly of the tent and uh, there's no threat, I might okay. uh but usually I try not to because once it gets uh, closer uh than fourteen days, gamma becomes quite scary
0: right those profits can go away really fast. Um, yeah and, and and you know the the difficult
1: thing for us in Singapore is that I trade around the uh, one to uh, oh, sorry 12 to two o'clock uh, your time mm-hmm. and a lot of market movements happen after two so even after I've done my adjustment I'll be exposed to end of the day movement and the overnight risk uh, which um, if let's say I've done my adjustment, or I decided not to do an adjustment um, at the end of the day, my day, uh, the the market could move another 15 points at the, uh, before the market ends, and then move another 20 points uh, at open. So
0: I will have to be a lot more cautious. Right, right, that's a that's a good point. Uh, let's see, what was this was this trade managed with the option view? With OptionView during all its recent problems and how did you manage the problems? Oh, that was a,
1: <laughs> that was a horrendous experience. I had
0: three versions
1: of uh, of uh, of OptionView and I would be opening one and close one and then to to compare to compare the Greeks and uh, and the T plus zero line. I had the uh, golden standard, which was the seven point uh, what six uh, that was the golden standard, and then I um, and then I was switching back and forth. I couldn't use uh, 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 7.64 uh, entirely because it, it had it had some problems. Um, so and, and I wanted to backtest the other two versions as well. So so if, um, uh, that was a crazy few weeks.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think for all of us it was. But the thing is, you know. That's one of the things with mindset and everything else is you need to be able to adapt to that kind of stuff. I mean, OptionView could go away someday. Um, the government yep. can come out with some law and change something on us. Uh, you know, we just have to be able to do that to adapt whatever is thrown at us.
1: Yep, it, 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 exactly. So um, I, uh, during that process, I was helping um, 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 OptionView to to debug, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot about. About um, IV uh, modeling, I learned a lot about the weakness or or the imperfection of soft uh, of option software.
0: Right. Yeah, and I think that's a and I'd like to thank you for that for myself and for the community as well for all your help with that. And um, uh, you know, Kevin was one of the reasons it was fixed as quickly as it was. So so thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
1: Okay, let me show the uh, February, um, the, the harder trade. Uh, so I entered on the 29th again. This is uh, partial entry um, because of uh, as I free up capital from January trade. I added more. Uh, so now I'm up to 150 butterflies. Nothing much happened. Uh, that was the 4th. And then by the 6th, I was up some pretty good money as the market moved. I added some more. I added another 40, 48 lots. So I'm now close to two hundred butterflies already. So to me, this is all, almost a, um, a full entry. Although I still have quite a lot of uh, money left. Uh, and then that's when uh, all the, uh, the the doomsday scenario started. I was <laughs> I was expecting. Uh, uh, beginning of the year rally. I was told that people sold their shares uh, in the in December for for you know taxation purpose. They will buy it back in January. So <laughs> they lied to you. It <laughs> <laughs> so it it um the market came down, and um, I was uh, I was conscious about the risk on the downside. As as I was looking at my. My past two years uh, trading uh, result, um, all of my losses were due to downside. I've never lost a single time uh, due to upside. Ups, uh, so I'm. Um. And I realized that if I were to adjust too late on the downside, and because of the time difference, sometimes this, Uh. When the market gap down, I could be. Uh. You know. Uh. uh rut could be outside. The tent, so I'm I I've decided to move down uh, once rut passes about 20 points below the uh, center strike of a butterfly. So uh, that's what I did, and and I'm I'm glad that I I took that action.
0: Right. So on I this think, day, I think one of the things with this go. trade in particular is pretty much. I mean, if you're trading it right, all your risk is your downside, and. You, know, you have to weigh your your pluses cons pros and cons or pluses and minuses and say you know if I roll back and the market reverses and goes up hey i don't I don't make as much money or I don't maybe I won't make money maybe it'll be a flat month but if it goes down uh, that's a real problem right so I, I think exactly if, I think if you're at a borderline call to roll back is not a bad idea
1: yep exactly and I want to make sure that when uh, when rut is on on the downward slope I would have to fix it. Um, that's what I decided to do on this day. Uh, Delta is already more than a thousand when I uh, when I uh, wanted to make an adjustment. Uh, Rud right, broke through the support of 1080 at the time. So uh, what I did was I shifted uh, the butterflies down. So I've got uh, upper butterflies here which I uh, took out and then I. Established the 1050 butterflies down here, so that is the that is the adjustment, and this is after the adjustment. Yeah. I'm still up a little bit of money, and I'm pretty safe on the downside. Um, that's when I call it a day. So after that, that. yep, yeah, <laughs> market continues to go down um and then um i always look at this red line which is the um which is the at the money and this how far it has passed my uh short strikes so again um 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 delta is picking up again and i uh, wanted to do something uh before i go to bed so that you know it won't get down the next day and that's what I did. I I shifted this uh, uh, this 66 lot of of, of butterflies down, uh, and that's uh, that's uh, what the adjustment looks like. This is after the adjustment.
0: Right.
1: And Again, you also. Uh,
0: I saw you uh, also. You corrected the upside too, so in case the market did reverse on you you, didn't get hammered to the upside.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, that's what I, I I always do because after you shifted the uh, butterfly down, the the slope on the upside is quite scary. So I have to um, um move um I have to fix that. Hmm. So this uh, after adjustment, and then the 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 market continues to move down, but you know it w- wasn't very fast uh on on t- on the twelve. Uh, but my uh, delta is 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 picking up, is is picking up again. So, um, so I thought I wanted to be a bit safer on uh, on this side, and I still have a, uh, extra money. So I decided to put uh, an extra butterfly at a um, on the on the downside, and I'm actually up up reasonably good money. You know, uh, considering the fact that the market had moved quite a lot. You know. And I'm still up quite a lot of money. Uh, that's what I did. Um, I closed the uh, pink color butterflies and I opened the uh, green and yellow butterflies. And I shifted the whole thing down.
0: Nice. Uh,
1: okay. Uh, then one final thing is that my um, uh, in-the-money call is already at the money, almost. So I shifted it down. And I would look at the time premium. The the way that I choose the uh, strike is the time premium. I usually look at uh less than ten dollars. Okay, so it looks good. After uh Rudd moved hundred o hundred and thirty points and my uh my position is still up seventeen thousand dollars uh until the next day. <laughs> uh, the big move down. Uh this is when uh, rut really start to move 30, 40 points a day and the speed is picking up. So uh, my, uh, my p uh, you know, kind of like vanished. So I'm not comfortable again uh, leaving the position where it is right uh, right here. I started to do the same thing. I removed the upper butterfly. This upper butterfly is really so far. The central strike is really so far from Adam Money. So I removed the yellow butterfly and I added the green butterfly. And then I cut the uh, delta down to um, you know 500 plus, and I've got still got very decent uh, uh, theta. This is what it looks like after adjustment. And then the 15th that I I remember because that was a very busy day. That's the day when uh, Rudd came down 40 over points and then rebounded. So it was a huge down day from the start. There was a long weekend coming, um, so I, I wasn't comfortable to leave the position right here, so I, I had to do something. But unfortunately, when I started to do something, uh, the position has already gone $25,000, I think. So what I did was I started to build a butterfly at the bottom and then moved the butterfly from the top. Removing the butterfly from the top. Uh, it was really difficult to get fill on that day, uh, uh, so it took me quite a, quite a, quite a while. And by the time that I'm done doing it, the market reversed. So uh, this went after two p.m. After I've shifted all the shorts as well as the uh, uh, deep in the money downwards, Rudd uh, did a big reversal. Uh, but it was okay. I um, I kept it quite flat, but my um, P&L uh, was down. Uh,
0: this is about half of my target uh, max loss, so n- no big deal. Right, and and a lot of that's temporary sometimes, but sometimes it keeps crushing down, as we found out, right? But um, uh, yeah, right. Like, that's the the, tech- the
1: only thing that I was um, quite uncomfortable was how far away these long strikes are, and I know that the, uh, this MIV will collapse. If Rod, uh rebound, This these two guys will suffer significantly. So, I wanted to ensure that either I pull this back down or I push some of the shorts up. Okay. So, that's the end of the, on the 15th, that was the crazy day. And, then on the uh, wait on the sixteenth, something happened that day. Yeah, no, not the sixteenth, the nineteenth. Eh? which 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 was the day that ah this one the nineteenth. The nineteenth, yeah. Yeah, Rod dropped thirty-six point again, and then did another big U-turn. This this was a day I told you about, uh, John, that I I was watching Netflix. I decided <laughs> not to do anything. <laughs> uh, learning from uh, uh, previous days, uh, you know, the, the 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 week before, after I did everything, the the market um, uh, rebounded. So, right. But I w- my position is very different on this day. I I,
0: I had, think I think most people really who lost. February or, or anybody who lost February for the most part was due to this day because they they and, and they kind of had no excuse because they're supposed to trade in the afternoon. You're you're different. You trade in the in kind of midday, but um, I mean the system will work either way. But the idea is to stay away from the intraday moves. But uh, yeah, adjusting down at the bottom here was quite painful. Yeah, so I was um, I consciously decided to stay
1: uh, uh, stay late. I watched Netflix and I decided to push the adjustment timing to uh, 2.30 your time which is 3.30 a.m. my time. <laughs> then uh, I was, uh, by the time that I look at my toss, I, I, I thought it was wrong because when when uh, I, 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 I saw positive 8 points, I said wow, it went from negative 36 to positive 8 and and I, and I did nothing, That was that <laughs> was interesting.
0: Right. Your first your first impression is oh toss goofed up again, right?
1: <laughs> yep. Toss goofed up again. It's just like what uh that that was my experience during the uh twenty ten flash crash. When I looked at it I the the first thing I thought was toss uh, uh was bad. So I turned on my trade monster, it was the same thing. Then I turned on C N B C it was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> then was I was thinking, Oh no, is it is it another nine eleven or
0: something? You know, it's like what what happened, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I did the same thing. You know, I looked. At, I I came in. I looked for the news. I'm like, I'm waiting for the news flash. What got bombed, right? And it was just nothing yeah. to substantiate it. It was kind of weird. Yep. Yep. So, um, this is what what
1: happened on that day. After that, I. After that, I didn't I didn't do much to this position since, uh, the twi- uh, the 20, uh, since the twenty since the nineteenth. So market stabilised and my my PNL is uh, regaining. I did move a bit here and there from you know moving this down and moving some of the shorts up. And then uh, this is yesterday. So I'm almost break even. So this, this thing jumps a lot during uh, live life trading. Right. So this is where I am right now. And uh, what is it today? How's it doing? I think we're down oh, either. So no. Or something. Yeah, this is my live position. So I'm uh, almost break-even
0: now. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. The uh, And, you know, these positions, often they will recover. The thing is, you don't want to... Yeah. You know, so actually, let me, I'll ask you now, how do you feel, how do you feel about when you're thinking of exiting this position now? Uh, right now? Uh, yeah, in other, in other words, it, yeah, I mean, are you going, are you still going for for-profit target? Are you going for break-even? You're just going to kind of see where you sit in a couple of days? What's what's the, um, what's your thoughts? Uh, I'm, I probably won't
1: exit now. Uh, I would, I uh, because I'm not in any danger, I may want to fix this upside risk a bit. Um, since I've got good theta now, I've already have a, uh, a March position. Hmm. So uh, I've got two positions going on right now, but I'm not looking for profit uh, really to hit any profit target anymore. I'm just managing until it doesn't make sense anymore. And now I still have 23 days. Uh, Usually I'll start peeling off around uh, like tomorrow. Um, I will keep it probably till till next week, uh, but I will be cutting down size. Uh, I think by end of next week I'll be all out.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's good. And you know, one of the things I do sometimes is, is if I draw down um, significantly, like if I'm in an M three that draws down, um, you know, five or six percent, a lot of times I'll take my initial profit target and drop it that five or six percent. In other words, right. I'm of the opinion that the part that the position can only make so much money, and once it's drawn down, it can only make so much more after that. So, right. And I actually am not even thinking of making. Uh, a lot of money
1: or, or much money at all, I, I, I would be just uh, managing the position, looking at uh, the Greeks to see whether it makes sense to stay in. If it, if it does, then I will. If not, I'll just, just exit regardless of what the P&L is.
0: Right. So if you guys heard that, he, he's judging his exit based on the probability of the position if I'm wording it right, Kevin, the probability of the position yep. um, being a good position or making more money, not not whether or not he hit his profit target. I think that's extremely yep. it's, important. It's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, right. That, that that makes a good trader because you because you know you you'll see people hang in these positions that are just completely risk crazy to try and hit a profit target right. number, and I think that that's just foolish. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice. Nice. Well that, that was great, Kevin. I, I um whew, boy, super a lot of lessons there. Um and you know, for anybody who's wants to be more successful, I think um you know, great job trading February too by the way. That's okay. That's great. Yeah,
1: it's been an exciting uh, trade. Um look at my commission. It's three thousand over dollars. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I looked at that too, and I looked at my my ThinkOrSwim account, and I saw the commissions, and I said, "There must be a mistake." <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> I was like, "There's no way there can be that many commissions like two weeks into the year." But um, I think that that might be the case. So, uh, crazy, crazy uh, market. But the thing is, you know, if you can if you can get through these times. Because the market's not like this all the time. It's only like this sometimes. If you can get through these times without hurting, getting hurt too badly, um, you know that's a big win as far as I'm concerned. That's a really big win. Yep, I um, actually um, I'm glad that um, the way that I, I traded this this month, and I, I learned a lot as well. That's that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, let's see. We don't have any last-minute questions. Do uh, you have any uh, closing comments, Kevin? Or? Um, no, I think uh, it's been an interesting discussion. Yeah, I think it, I think it was awesome, and we got some good comments here, you know, saying awesome information and thanking you. And um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to thank you as well because I think. You know, it's one thing hearing it from me. You know, I sell programs, I sell mentoring and, and all that other stuff, but it's completely something different to somebody who's who's come in. I mean, you're doing free coaching, which is awesome, which I, I do recommend for other people as well. Um, you learn so much faster when you start teaching it. You figure out what you don't know. Um, and Exactly. You know, some guy who come in here, he, he had an IT job, he learned how to trade, and, uh, you know, now he's doing great as a full-time trader. So uh, I, I i um, I commend you you've been doing an excellent job. I'd like to thank you, John. you you helped me uh, significantly. well thank you thank you very much and, and, and I like to hear that too, because um, you know that's why we do this is so that uh, we can help people uh, achieve their dreams. so right. all right. Um, thank you, Kevin, and I guess with that we'll close up. All right, thanks, John. okay, and thanks for joining us everybody.